I guess while we're waiting for this election result to drop, I can go ahead and whine about Final Fantasy Tactics. Just before you do, I will answer uh, my surprise quiz that I posed, which you are relatively close, because the answer is 377 pounds. And that's not bad at all. Uh, or, in case Lynn uses kilograms, it's 171 kilos. Huh, I mean... Yeah, I I always wonder how I am 260 because I, I don't know, curve, curves good. I like curves mm. of any form. They, they nice. I, I can't fucking, I can't fucking word this. <laughs> My thing is I'm just really dense, like... Yeah. Ever since I ever since I was in like fifth grade, if I it, like if I fill my lung, my lungs with breath, and starfish on the water, uh, I don't float. I float at a surface. I I float at a distance of about three feet under the surface of the water. <laughs> wow. <laughs> because my like mass volume index is just kind of weird and fucked up. I have genuinely heavy bones, essentially. <laughs> God, I haven't gone swimming in so long, Sam. I miss swimming. I haven't gone swimming in... over a year? Maybe two. Yeah, mine's around there, too. Actually, wait, I think mine's longer. I think the last time I went swimming, genuinely, uh, was, like, three or four years ago. Um, yeah... I miss swimming. There are, like, just public pools that I could go to. Like, there, there's public pools and there's public outdoor pools. But, but, I had my big accident last uh, year, so I had to swear off all of those. Because I was like, well, for the first couple of weeks, you just, you can't even take a shower. You just have, like, you just wash yourself with, like, a, a cloth. And then after a while, it's like, well, you can take a shower, but keep, like, one leg out of the water. <laughs> just like, oh. And then after a while, it's like, and now you can just take a shower. Okay, but you can't take a bath. Oh, no. 
I, I'm curious what that entails, but I don't want to, like, pry too deep. <laughs> I mean, I'm totally fine talking more about it. It's just, I also don't want to go too much into gruesome details of horrific, horrific near-death experiences. That's valid. I also don't know how comfy Lynn would be with that, and uh, it might not make for great radio. <laughs> Probably wouldn't make for great radio, no. Um, okay, so... Uh, welcome to Tactics Complaint. <laughs> FF Tactics. Hold on, I need, to, I need to rephrase this. I need to get this. Uh, Speaking get this. of gruesome complaints. Yeah. <laughs> welcome to Whining About Final Fantasy Tactics Cast, the podcast where I whine about Final Fantasy Tactics be... be the, the podcast where I whine about Final Fantasy Tactics be, despite liking the game a lot. Um, okay. Complaint number one, the UI is fucked. It's old. I know it's old. It's 1990. It came out in Japan in 1997. Um, but, like, even even though it's old, it has some, like, really weird and, like, specific thoughts about the UI that just don't make a whole lot of sense. It's, like... Okay, so the, the game, for those who don't know... Final Fantasy Tactics is a game that's heavily, heavily, heavily based on uh, the idea of leveling your your character's jobs, which, you know, is like a fighter, white mage, that sort of deal. Um, it's like a class system. Um, but what makes the game special is within these jobs, you earn job points to level up those jobs. And essentially... You can use those job points to buy abilities that you can then put onto any of the other classes of the game, no matter what you are. So if you're, like, an archer, for example, uh, you can spend your ability point, well, your job points, on the ability aim, and then you can just have the ability aim as, like, a dark knight or something. Um, it's very useful for uh, doing stupid shit, like having everybody leveled your goon and then just get the ability to ignore elevation for everybody, which is really funny. I'm just, like, straight up walking up walls at this point. But, okay, this is a very long way of complaining about this very one specific thing. On the job screen, it shows you what every single job level is, except the single job you currently have equipped. The only way to yeah. look the only way to look at the job you have equipped like level wise is to go to the ability screen and go through the list of jobs. It's not listed like on your character screen. Like your character level is listed there, but not your job level. And considering like grinding job levels to unlock other jobs is a big part of the game, that's kind of annoying after a bit. I would argue it's a bigger part of the game than actually leveling your characters, because, like, you get some stats out of the levels, but you don't really care much about them as much as you do with the job levels. Yeah, it's, it's bizarre. Um, not to mention, the game just, like, keeps going, like, at an unfair rate. Like, I have been grinding 
for roughly half of my my 40 hour playtime. Uh, I actually finally caved last night, and I don't think anybody can judge me for this. Um, so you have two primary stats in the game. Bravery and Faith. And they stay static. You don't have a way to really change them. Uh, I'm, I'm going to do my best to explain this math. Um, at the end of Chapter 2 which is like 15 hours into the game if you're like going at a reasonable pace unlike me. Um chapter 2 you unlock the ability steel for uh steel as in like the metal steel um for your main character Ramza. But the game does not tell you this. Uh it you have to still go back as a squire and go like, get the ability for the job. But what Steel does is it increases one of your main stats, Bravery, by 5, temporarily. Now, the only way to actually increase Bravery, which relates to, like, your physical damage and stuff, uh, it, it's really nice if you want to, like, I don't know, actually deal damage to your enemies, because otherwise you're going to be, like, sitting there, like, hitting them for, like, 100 damage, and they're like, hey, uh, what if I just hit you for 300? It's fine. Um... So, basically, what happens is you use this ability, Steel, and it temporarily increases your bravery by 5 points. Your bravery permanently increases by 1 for every 4 points of bravery you temporarily gain. And there's, like, a cap on that. Uh, so, essentially, to grind, what I have been doing is I've had, like, a monk... Um, that has, like, a, a move that is in, like, a cross-shaped pattern that, like, can heal and recharge mana for, or, sorry, MP. I, I fucked up on that land. Um, that, and essentially, you just sit him in a corner and you get him, you tell him, look, you've got to, you've got to write these lines 400,000 times and you're not getting out of that corner until you do. You literally sit there and you, you attack your own party members for hours to grind because it's the fastest way to do it. And I, like I said, probably half, if not more of my 40 hour playtime thus far has been spent like sitting in a corner with my party, just like whacking each other like just literally like here take a stick bonk yourself in the head have fun yeah <laughs> sorry i was on the blazeball page and the squid came back the squid oh <laughs> that egg come back yet wonder what it tastes like <laughs> um <laughs> the discipline era rest in violence i'm scared What, what is that you got there? No, don't... Tiny eggs! My peanuts! No, we were joking about me losing my peanuts! Don't take my peanuts! Please don't... Uh, please take Sam's peanuts. Please take Sam's peanuts. Please continue your ta your tactic story while I cower in fear. Anyway, I don't think anybody can blame me because I, I have been playing the emulated version. I do own the game on both iPad and iPhone, but... 
given how clunky the controls are there, I, I, I think it's under, understandable I wanted to switch to a controller. <laughs> um, anyway, I, I finally caved and I used a save editor because, like, I, I wasn't having any challenge, I like, in terms of grinding, but I knew I was just going to be, like, sitting there for, like, several hours grinding and not doing anything and not having fun. So I just did what I was going to do grinding-wise and just save-edited it into the game because I, I caved. I, I, I'm not strong enough to grind for another 10 hours. I just want to enjoy the story and, like, move You're on valid. with my life. Because the story is very good. Something, something, the family that fights together stays together. <laughs> I'm sure there's a moral somewhere in there. A moral somewhere? <laughs> the squid is asking if we want to see our friends. Okay. Uh, welcome to It'll Wash Out, a Bleach Rewatch podcast. I'm your co-host, Lily. I'm your co-host, Sam. I'm your podcast shade and co-host Lynn. Lynn's obsessed with Hades. Uh, 1.0 dropped this week, and you know she's never getting out of this one. I'm still stuck on Hades. It's never ending. I don't know what to tell you, Lynn. Stuck in the infinite layers of Hades. <laughs> the video game. Not no, the it's dad. okay. You can be stuck on the dad too. Not the dad. Explicitly not the dad. Damn. Fuck no. <laughs> Hades. So, this week, why, why, hold on, why do I have three instances of Among Us running in my task manager? What? <laughs> what is this? Why is this running three times? <laughs> oh, I guess it's gone. Alright. Um, they were having a game together. It's, <laughs> that's normal. I played Among Us for the first time last night. Very fun game. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. The sentence, in the quiet, the microphone cranks the gain, is kind of terrifying. That's so scarifying. It's so scarifying. Oh, my God. We sure did watch Bleach this week. We, um, I think, I don't know. The, these episodes weren't bad, it's just they were just fights. <laughs> they weren't as good as the previous week. <laughs> That's for sure. Like, I, I know, I was... <laughs> I will... <laughs> I will go ahead and say... <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I was... Okay, I was watching Bleach while my wife was in bed with a migraine... And we were, like, cuddling, and I'm like, you know what? Just because I know, like, I can be, I can make this slightly more miserable for my wife, because I'm a really good partner. I, um, I'm like, hey, honey, I'm gonna turn on the dub. <laughs> so you can understand what's going on with your blindfold. So I, I, <laughs> I turned off my headphones, and I turned on the dub, the very, very first thing to happen was Ganju breathing very heavily while running and then going, A hole? And I'm like, what is this? This is... It was... It was very, very confusing for them, and it just got worse. Because they mentioned the hole, like, five or six times. And... God, I, I don't know. The dub out of context, I'm sure, was... 
a trip. Also, Jerobo's voice did not fit at all in the dub. Was it, like, high-pitched or something, or...? It wasn't, like, high-pitched. It was, like, maybe, like... I don't think it was low enough. Uh, and I think, like, the... Uh, I think the writing in general was a bit clunky. That's like, clunk, clunkier than uh, a good chunk of dubs. Uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm happy to just jump right into 27 if you guys are ready to go. Let's just get into it. Let's go. Let's do it. Bleach 27, the episode where I realize I haven't written down the episode name and have to go look it up now. Release the death blow. Release the death blow. Episode 27. Release the death blow. In Soul Society, groups of Soul Reapers run around like dummies searching desperately for signs of Ryoka whilst berating each other. As Yoruichi watches from above. Alright, we're off to a solid start here. I, I actually really liked how all these Soul Reapers are just like running around calling each other idiots. Like... Well... Yeah, they're they're just like, God, like it, there's because we kind of get like two bits of this, and the first bit it's really just like this group of it's this group that is presumably all in the same squad just running together, and they're like, "You fucked up, no, you fucked up." <laughs> <laughs> it's like God, you're all dumb. Keep looking. <laughs> they like just keep like scanning the same alleyways too. Like they like turn around and just go back, and they're like, "Maybe the Ryoka are here now." <laughs> Meanwhile, in the barracks, a thin soul reaper, Hanataro, tries to carry a tray of food through a group of his running comrades. He's insulted for being in the way of the 4th Division, who swarm past him. Hanataro reaches Rukia's old cell, only to be told that she has already been transferred, and nobody has told him this before. He's ordered to return to his division and search for the Ryoka, and he is left alone, seeming afraid for Rukia. I... This bit is kind of fucked up. <laughs> Yeah, a little bit. Like, I don't know, it's it's kind of weird to me that they wouldn't tell her caretaker that she was transferred. <laughs> and like, Yeah, because he's not just the guy who's bringing her food. Like, he says he's her care, like, he's the caretaker in charge of the prisoner. And they're like, oh, yeah, no, she was transferred to a different prison. And we just didn't tell you. Fuck off. <laughs> just like, Wait, yeah, and it's like, in the middle of, like, presumably, like, a, a battle... Like, you've got all these soul reapers just, like, running around, swarming everywhere. And he's just like, well, I gotta do my job. And he's just, like, carrying a tray of food. And, like, all these soul reapers are just, like, rushing past him. And he, like, holds it up and starts, like, spinning while trying not to lose the plate of food. And then he gets there. And there's just, like, this lady there. And she's just like, yep, nope, uh, Ricky is gone. Uh, she's in this all uh, repentance. Don't worry about it. Bye. <laughs> yeah, we also get the impression that, like, just his squad, Squad 4 in general, isn't highly regarded. And I think he is the first Soul Reaper we see that isn't wearing a sword. Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, Soul Society, uh, as Lynn says, is a smooth and well-oiled machine where <laughs> everything works. Uh, in the Repentance Cell... Rukia wonders if Ichigo truly has arrived, stating that she cannot sense spiritual energy from within herself. We cut back to the fight between Ichigo and Ikaku, who is surprised to see his orange-haired enemy has destroyed a wall. 
Ichigo warns him that their fight isn't over as he hasn't displayed his true strength. He turns to face Ikaku and claims he's the one who will soon be unable to hold a sword. Ikaku questions his confidence and the two clash for a while. During the fight, we get such riveting dialogue as, you're the one who won't be able to hold a sword this time. <laughs> they, they really got stuck on that, I noticed. They, they just like kept, like throughout the, the entire episode, they're just like, guess what? After this next blow, you won't be able to hold a sword. <laughs> uh, there's that, and also, like, if you compare, like, a big part of this, per this like, sequence of events, like, d during the fight, is, like, how complicated Ikaku's movements are, and, like, how hard it is for Ichigo to, like, fo to follow the, the motion. But in order to represent that, they kind of make the motion, like, super slow and moving at three frames per second. Yeah! <laughs> and it's, like... <laughs> It's kind of cool, but also, like, did you guys, like, run out of budget for this episode and you had to stretch out an extra minute? Because some of these swipes take, like, like, it'll just be a basic, like, sideways swipe. And it'll just, like, move at two or three frames a second and take, like, ten seconds for him to do, like, just this really simple motion. <laughs> and then you see Ichigo, like, lean back. <laughs> it's, it's really funny because, like, the show... It, like, it tells you that these movements are complicated, and then it just goes back to, you'll be unable to hold the sword after this attack. Ten second long, extremely, like, low frame rate running and screaming, and it's like, guys, please. Like, I, I think it looks coolest later, because, like, uh, later in the episode, there's, like, a cool shot of it, like, uh as everything goes, like, black and white and, like, gets really sketchy and that looks cool, but, like, overall this fight's kind of underwhelming. <laughs> yeah, there is a really good bit, though, where Ikaku jumps up onto a roof and Ichigo's, like, reaction is like, okay, what if I slam my sword into the wall and destroy the entire segment of wall? <laughs> yeah, that's actually, like, what we open up on this week, yeah? Uh, is the no, wall I think being destroyed? They, well, no, it's because previously Ichigo like jumps up into the air and does a downward slash. Uh, during their during their little fight here at the start of the episode, there's a bit where Ikaku like like they fight a little bit and then Ikaku jumps onto the wall, and Ichigo just okay, kind of does okay. like an or he does like an horizontal slash that just like demolishes an entire segment of wall, and you're like, oh my god, <laughs> how did you just do that? <laughs> Lynn says property damage is actually Soul Society's biggest concern. <laughs> Damn, Damn, they really are cops. They really are cops. The fight continues with this kind of banter for a while, until eventually Ichigo stops, stating that he's finally gotten used to Ikaku's style, and drops the severed tassels from Ikaku's zanpak toe. Meanwhile, Kenpachi and Yachiru continue to blaze through the alleyways of Soul Society in search of the Ryoka. Yachiru claims to have keen intuition and tells Kenpachi to turn right. The two immediately find themselves in a dead end. Kenpachi wonders if he can trust Yachiru's intuition. And then we cut straight to Uryu and Orihime, who hide as some soul reapers gather nearby. Uryu tries to explain his logic and formulate a plan, nor, uh, and then he, like, 
turns over to ask Orihime for her input, but she's, like, already gone because he was taking such a long time to explain. And then, like, he turns back, and she's, like, running away from a group of soul reapers. And Uri is, well, like, well, guess I'll join her. And so he, like, goes to Orihime, and they both start running. Yeah, well, because at first, she like, she's like, oh, hey, by the way, I went scouting while you were talking, and whoops, I got found out! And he's like, okay, well, <laughs> fine, whatever, I'm, I, I can fight off these guys, it's fine. But as soon as he says that, they're, like, standing in the middle of a crossroad, and from three different directions, there's, like, mobs of, of Soul Reapers, so he's like, actually, you know what, let's just, uh, let's just keep running. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a good plan. Uh... Chad sees the wild shit just happening from, like, atop a tree on, like, a hilltop, and he's like, hmm, that's a commotion. I wonder if that's Ichigo. And he just, like, runs towards it, and that's all we get of Chad this episode. Like, for both of these episodes, I think. Yeah, we don't get a lot of Chad. Although he, I I think he's, I think the tree he's in is just the one that he was in earlier. I think (laughs) so, too. I think the idea is just he sat in the tree and he didn't move until everyone left. And then he saw explosions and he's like, damn, someone's causing trouble. Probably Ichigo. I feel like we get a shot of Chad, like, punching through a wall at some point. But I can't remember if that was last week's episodes or this week's episodes. <laughs> I, I believe that's this week's and also next episode. We cut back to Ichiko and Ikaku. Ichigo steps on the shredded tassels, asking if Ikaku has lost his nerve, and promising to attack if Ikaku doesn't. The fight continues, as does the argument of who will hold onto their sword, and Ichigo tries to end it with a Getsuka Tensho, cutting Ikaku's chest as well as his Zanbakuto. Ichigo is sure the fight is over, but Ikaku tells him he won't stop unless his arm is cut off. Ichigo's like, dude, man, just put the sword down, please, I don't want to hurt ya. And, uh, Ikaku's like, no, no. And he, like, begins screaming, and this is where the episode gets, like, really, like, sketchy and, like, especially three frames per second. Um, because Ikaku's just, like, screaming, like, really gutturally and just, like, rushing out for Ichigo. And then Ichigo's just like, I'm just gonna get to Katensho. Here we go. Get to Katensho. And he just cuts Ikaku's arm and, like, shatters his blade. Ikaku, like, falls to his knees and blames his poor luck and then just, like, collapses. And Ichigo's like, neither of us were lucky in this fight. Yeah, and, like, that... It's it's a little tragic, because, like, Ikaku's there and he's like, yo, I don't care if you cut my weapon, I don't care if you've gotten used to my movements, like... If... Like, this is a fight. If one of us doesn't die, this fight doesn't end. If you're not willing to kill me, fuck you. And he just goes in. And you're like, ah, oh, damn, like, he just really doesn't want to lose this fight. Yeah, no. Uh, I mean, I like Ikaku. It would have sucked if he died here. He doesn't, but it would have sucked if he did. We cut to the fight between Ganju and Yumichika. Ganju trying to escape by throwing a smoke bomb, which engulfs him too because he laughed and tried to explain the bomb to the audience. It's actually really funny, because, like, he throws down the smoke bomb, and Yumichika's like, What's this? A smoke bomb engulfing my beautiful face, my beautiful nostrils. And Ganju's just like, 
<laughs> yeah, it's a smoke bomb. I call it my pepper whatever the hell. I don't know. I don't know what Ganju calls it. But, like, he, like, starts explaining the move while standing in the smoke of his own attack. And it's like, buddy. <laughs> buddy, please. It's so good. Ganju's just, like, Three Stooges extraordinaire. Ganju is the Three Stooges combined. Lin says, it's not just smoke, it's red chili pepper. And yeah, it's true. They, like, both start crying. It's basically pepper spray. Like, he ha- he has a pepper spray smoke bomb. Buddy threw out a spice rack at the enemy and almost got away with it. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, won't dwell on it too long, because, like, I'm, it's gonna be a running complaint about you, Michka. Dude will not shut up about how beautiful he is, and it really sucks for such a gay-coded character. Yeah, it's like it's really annoying. I, like I, I put this in my notes later, but it's a, like it's just it's such a pain that the first like, oh, this is a very clearly queer-coded character uh, in the show has basically nothing to him except this one very specific beauty gimmick that he keeps going on in literally every single thing he says all the time because if he's not praising his own beauty he's putting down ganju's ugliness and saying things like oh well the ugly people are the ones that are jealous of the this is more next episode but it's like he keeps going on about how the ugly people are the ones who are jealous about the pretty people and the ugly people should just die and accept their fate and it's just like oh my god give it a rest like Please, for one moment, like, just do something else. We can probably go ahead and, like, really, like, dwell on this for a second now and just, like, skim over it the next episode so we don't have to talk about it then. It's really, really egregious because it's really hard to tell if the show is, like, framing Yumichika as, like... It's really hard to tell if it's trying to frame Yumichika as a likable character And I think that's really weird because him, like, constantly putting down Ganju and, like, other quote-unquote ugly people just makes him seem like a really big asshole. And it, it, like, it really puts off the viewer, I feel. Like, I don't know. I really didn't like it. I I don't like Yumichika at all. Like, I don't think the show is being ambiguous at this time. because Like, right now, Yumichika is very clearly a villain. And his entire, like, motif that he's based off of is a peacock, right? So it's all about preening and being beautiful. And they take that and stretch it to putting down other people he doesn't see as beautiful. Um, so I, I think the show is very clearly in the camp of, like, you should hate this guy. But I wish they kind of gave him, like you know, more than one character trait. Like, Ikaku also only has essentially one character trait, which is, I'm gonna keep fighting till I die. Like, he he's just like, we're still evenly matched. Bruh, you don't have any arms. We're still <laughs> evenly matched. I am breathing. <laughs> like, you know I the character. With, I can fight with my mouth. I'll bite you to death. And you're like, okay. Come on, so it's like they here, gave- I'll bite your shins. Like, they gave both of these characters just, like, one character trait. Um, but in Yumichika's case, it's just, like, a really grating one that I'm like, oh, please. Could it's we either really have... It's a grating one that enforces harmful, like, stereotypes about, like, gay people. <laughs> like, it, it, you literally cannot look at Yumichika and think to yourself, wow, that guy's straight. Like, that, that doesn't make sense. Like... 
he is very, 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 very heavily, like, meant to appear gay. And meant to, like, make you think, oh, wow, this dude's gay. And it really sucks because of the harmful, uh, the harmful trope. Agreed. Uh, we should... Okay. Uh, after the smoke bomb, the two wander out of the smoke and slip off the edge of a pit, which... I, I don't know if it's the same pit they were talking about last episode where you meet because like, oh yeah, we toss people down there and they're like eaten by hollows or whatever. Uh, they like barely hold on. Uh, Ganju's like holding on to the ledge while Yumichika hangs off Ganju. And then we cut right back to the main fight. Uh, Ikaku wakes up wondering how he's still alive and Ichigo notices he has woken. Uh, he is questioned as to what he's doing, and Ichigo's like, Hey, so I learned Zompakto revert to sealed form when the owner is unconscious in this very natural part of world building. He's Ikaku- like, hey, thanks for teaching me this by getting your shit kicked in. <laughs> Ikaku is like, give my sword back, but Ichigo reassures him he's not planning on stealing it. He just wanted to use the styptic to stop the bleeding on both himself and Ikaku. We get a shot of, like, Ikaku's chest, which... <laughs> To be clear, Ikaku has a giant cut down his entire chest and, like, on his arms. Uh, and it's, like, a huge wound. And it's just, like, slathered in the styptic. And I, I could not help but think to myself, because, like, the the styptic is just, like, in the hilt of Ikaku's, like, zampak toe. Is, is it just... The entire handle is, like, filled with styptic, because it, it's a lot. There's a lot there. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it's got, like... Because f- when you first see it, you're like, oh, okay, it's, like, the very... T- it's, like, just the edge of his hilt is a little cap, and he turns it off, and there's, like, probably, I don't know, like, half an inch or something. But with, when you see the amount that was put on I- Ikaku and Ichigo's wounds, you're like, no, that's probably, like, the entire goddamn hilt... <laughs> Dude likes to be prepared. Yeah, we I mean, should we should be praising how prepared he is. Thanks, Ikaku, for saving your own life by filling your entire hill with stick. Jesus Christ. Uh uh Ikaku's like, I may have used all the stip dick somehow. There's so much in here. And Ikaku's <laughs> like, he's angry he survived. Uh, ang- Ikaku is angry that he survived what should have been a fatal attack, but Ichigo assumes he's angry for using all of the styptic. It It's like a, a joke that doesn't, like, quite land, I feel. Like, it's fine. It's not, like, offensive or upsetting or anything. It just didn't quite land. Ichigo's uh, a pure boy, and he doesn't understand the whole fighting until you literally die thing. <laughs> Uh, Ikaku claims that he'd beat up Ichigo if he could move, and Ichigo tells Ikaku he wants answers, asking where Rukia is. Back at the pit, Ganju and Yumichika continue to bicker and struggle before falling into the pit, revealing that it's actually just a garbage dump. The two bicker some more before Ganju hurriedly climbs up the ladder and begins to run. Yumichika leaps from the garbage pit and pursues him. Ikaku questions what Ryoka could want with a condemned prisoner, and Ichigo bluntly states that they're here to save her. Ikaku asks how many Ryoka there are, and he's like, there, there's gotta be like seven or eight of you, right? And Ichigo's like, eh, more like five and a cat. Ikaku like, just like, loses his shit at this. It's really funny. 
Oh, uh, Lin says, by the way, like the detail in Ganju's outfit, basically functioning like a matchbox. Yeah, it's like on his legs or something, right? Like he's got like well, these... Well, it's like the plates that y- the plates that serve as shin and forearm armor also serve as uh, ignition swaths. So whenever he grabs a... Uh, like he just reaches into his infinite pockets and pulls out firecrackers or um, other fireworks, he basically just runs them along his arm or along his leg. And, and it ignites them, which, yeah, like, it's a, it's a really cool, like, little detail about just, like, how they designed him. I, I wish there was more stuff like that in this. Like, I don't know. It, it was really neat, and it, if you, like, blink, you miss it. It's it's good. Um, I, I like to hear how, like, Ichigo is asked how many Ryoka there are, and he just tells Ikaku... <laughs> Yeah, he's just like, I don't see a reason to lie. Like, I'm asking you for info, and I might as well give info back. It's fine. <laughs> it, it's, it's really funny, because, like, if you, if you think back to, like, the uh, the Grand Fisher arc, uh, it, it, like, kind of makes sense for his character, because Ruki is like, don't tell him you're a soul reaper. And Ichigo's like, I'm a soul reaper. <laughs> <laughs> just immediately. I do really like his, like, the whole bit where he, wait, like, he healed... He helped Ikaku, like, seal his wounds, and he waited for him. It Like, it makes sense, because at the at, on the one hand, it's like, oh, yeah, he's compassionate, and it's the right idea, because he gets, like, he gets some really valuable info out of it, but also, he is the son of a doctor. Like, this just it, makes sense. <laughs> it does. It's, it's really good. And it, like, I almost, I, I, honestly, like, this isn't even, like, a complaint, because, like, I think already it was really good. It's just something I would have liked to have added onto this. I would have actually liked to linger on this a bit. Like, I, I would have really liked it if, like, we got some more conversation between Ichigo and, like, maybe some fleshing out of Ikaku. I think that would have been a really good opportunity for that. Hmm. Um, After that, uh, Ikaku warns Ichigo of his captain, Kenpachi Zaraki claiming that if Ichigo is the most powerful of the Ryoka, he is the one that Kenpachi will be after. Ichigo's like, well, how powerful could this Kenpachi be? And Ikaku's like, bruh. Play to find out. <laughs> yeah, play to find out. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, Kenpachi and Yachiru find themselves at another en- another dead end, ending the episode. How many dead ends are there in Soul Society? There are so many. I mean, first there's the fact that there's, like, just a billion different alleyways, which I get because Soul Society is, like, the size of a large, like, a very large city, and they're they're just running around, so it's, like... But it's, like, well, these walls are ostensibly built, like, buildings that also are hallways (laughs) inside of them. Like, Like, most of these walls aren't just a wall that separates two alleys. Like, a lot of these walls are, like... A building that you should be able to go inside of but there's no doors for like what seems like kilometers at a time it's really funny they should have at least put you are here map boards yeah like have like a mall directory or something <laughs> just like and this is where 11th division is this is 7th division arrows on the ground <laughs> And before we end the we end the episode proper, like I do like the the detail of Ikaku, like like Ikaku is as free with information as Ichigo is. Uh, yeah, and, 
and we don't really have a reason why at this time. Uh, like, I think it's it's kind of a, like, well, I would have preferred if you'd killed me, but since you didn't, you are the winner, so fine, whatever. I'll give you the inf whatever information you want. I don't actually care about any of this politics bullshit. Like, I don't even know. I barely know what the prisoner's name is. Like, I don't give a shit. I was just looking for a good fight, and you gave me one, so fine. Here you go. Here's your prize. Here's the info. Yeah, no, it's it's really good. I I still really like Ikaku. I think he's a very fun uh, little villain. It's good stuff, and also like the ending is different. The ending is completely different from the previous one. Oh yeah, I didn't notice actually. So last last time we had uh, Byakuya and Renji. Uh, this time, all of the scenes in the ending are Gin and his uh, subordinate. Do you think it's going to keep changing? Does it keep changing? Yeah, it go it, like this is I I was actually waiting for this uh once uh when I, when we saw the Renji one last week, I remember that this is a thing that happens. They go through every single division. So from now on, the end credits of every episode until they've gone through all the divisions is a different division captain and vice captain and it shows like it shows scenes of them fighting, it shows scenes of them like uh for Byakuya, for example, we had the the scene of him like just doing some paper some um, paperwork kind of stuff in this we get a scene of we get a scene of gin's subordinate apparently like fall like the 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 image that we see is very him like falling into despair and then gin is like holding out a hand and all the black shadows that were in the background like turn into light as he picks as he grabs it and gets uh pulled up to to standing and it's like oh damn and we also see a shot where gin has his eyes open and it is the creepiest shit this show has done to date i mean whole, i, I... I'm just gonna Google Gin with eyes open, and I'm I might make a very sensual noise here. I'm not going to, but <laughs> yep that that's my man, that's my man. Oh, it turns out if you put uh, Ichimaru Gin, there's like open eyes is one of the first uh one of the first results. That makes sense. Also, people who are, like, first watching Bleach, uh, don't look this up because there might be spoilers here. Yeah, there's a, there's a couple of character twists that are very easy to, to stumble into if you look up basically any character in Bleach, honestly. Yeah, no, for real. Um, uh, we should go ahead and cut to the break. Not much really happened in Blaseball, uh, like, the election finished, and, uh, the decree this week is the bless-off. Uh, which basically means that uh, the crabs, the breathments, the shoe thieves, and the jazz hands are all denied any blessings. And just there's basically only one change of a um. There's only one like manga change that's like worth mentioning. It's that during uh, Yumichika and Ganju's fight, they can hear like Ikaku and Ichigo's fight. Like they hear them yelling, and they hear like <laughs> they see the giant plumes of smoke that happen whenever uh, Ichigo like destroys a wall. And Yumichika is kind of like taunting Ganju because it's like, oh, hear that fight? Like, he's getting his ass kicked. <laughs> <laughs> God, it's really funny. I, oh man, I'm, I'm honestly like kind of bummed about going to this next episode because I, I, the more I like think about it, the more I, I don't think I like really enjoyed this second episode this week. Like uh, this episode felt really long. Uh, like, there are bits and pieces I, I like, but I don't know. 
Let's cut to break. We'll come back. Let us go back to the episode. Let's get back to bleaching. Alright, so we are back with episode 28, Orihime Targeted. The episode begins... What? Is it really just called Orihime Targeted? Because I barely remember Orihime this episode, except for, like, the Jirobo fight. <laughs> yeah, so, like, this, this entire episode is basically two episodes that didn't have enough to do with, like, in them. So it's, like, kind of... It's, it very, really, really feels like two episodes, like, like spliced together. Um, and still, it feels like a long episode that could have had, like, a ton of shaft, like, cut out. <laughs> like, it's a it's an unfortunate uh, situation, I think, where basically they're like, well, we, we don't have enough to make two... We don't have enough material in either of these things that happen to make two, ep- two full episodes, and we barely have enough to make one full episode. <laughs> So, the episode begins with Ishigo running down the infinitely long alleys of Soul Society, trying to remember the fifth seat's name and completely failing. Then he just starts yelling for Ganju because he's like, oh, maybe he can hear me. And it's like, Ganju! Ganju, you piece of shit, tell me where you are! And uh, then he's just Im- he just immediately pr- crosses in front of a of another dead end where... There's a whole bunch of, like, delinquent soul reapers who are just, like, squatting and smoking and blowing everything off. <laughs> and they're just like, oh, wait, it's the guy. Let's chase him. <laughs> uh, let me get back on fucking ragging on these cigarettes. Are these soul cigarettes? Are these, like, do these? does the nicotine in these cigarettes restore your spiritual energy? This is what I need to know. I mean... Cigarettes don't restore your your physical energy. I mean, yeah. Do do they cost you ten bucks a pack at the Soul Society Seven Eleven? Well, we do know that they we we do know that there is money in Soul Society because Ganju mentioned it. So at the very least, we know there's money. There's probably a oh man, can you imagine a Soul Society Seven Eleven headed by Squad Seven and Squad Eleven? <laughs> Ikaku and Yumichika, like, cooking hot dogs <laughs> to go put on the shelf. <laughs> Just passing out gas station cigs because no one's buying anything because they keep glaring at anyone who comes inside. So they're just like, well, I guess we're just going to take these cigs for ourselves. The thought of there being a Soul Society 7-Eleven is just so hilarious when you consider that nobody would be buying anything there because only Soul Reapers eat. It's like a rich district 7-Eleven. God. I guarantee you that this fic exists somewhere. I, I'm l- this is exactly the kind of early 2000s fic that people were, were writing. I'm looking up Bleach Anime 7-Eleven right now. <laughs> no, we we cannot do this. I'm I'm continuing. I am I'm leaving these delinquents behind. Well, I haven't seen anything, but I've seen Espada. Espada came up. Illegal. <laughs> Ganju, heavily wounded, encounters 
yet another infinite pit. <laughs> and Yubichika <laughs> explains that the reason anyone who falls down can't get back is because the bottom is completely surrounded with spirit blocking stone. Uh, got, they have a little altercation here where Ganju manages to dodge an attack and it kind of like leaves him like downed against the wall. They both hear Ichigo's yelling and Yumichika's like, oh, huh, I guess he's just yelling. He's kind of an idiot because uh, doesn't he just understand that like literally everyone within like a mile radius is hearing him and running to his location? Like clearly he's not paying attention. And Ganju says, oh, buddy... If Ichigo can run around yelling, that means he beat the shit out of your buddy, and he is able to run around yelling like an idiot. <laughs> it's uh, the, I will say, good moment, good moment. Yeah, and I am like just completely skipping over um, Yumichika's like complaints about the the uglies because it, it's just we... it's just repetitive. Just assume any anything with Yumichika at this point is him going, "Oh, it's so ugly for beautiful old me." It is literally every single one of his lines of dialogue. Um, the the statement that uh, Ganju gives is enough to shock Yumichika, to give him enough time to throw firecrackers at his face, which in turn gives him a bigger opportunity to throw some bigger cluster bomb fireworks. Uh, they're repelled without too much effort, but a small piece of them cuts at Yumichika's face, which really pisses him off. Uh, Ganju basically then starts trying to use his sand skill... Uh, but Yumichika's wise to him and just kind of kicks him in the gut or he tries to slash him and it, we basically get like a little uh, little section of Ganju trying to use his, scan skill, his sand skill two or three times and each time he he manages to do like the first half but doesn't like he has to dodge out of the way uh, before he can do the second part that actually activates the skill Ganju plays a black mage in Final Fantasy fourteen. His physical strength is commended, but now Yumichika is done playing around, and he just goes like, oh, I'm kind of tired, and, like, warps behind Ganju and slices him in the back. <laughs> it's like, okay, well, why didn't you do that earlier? But he, slash he slashes him so hard, Ganju stumbles forward, like, 20 steps, then he trips and falls and rolls, and then he rolls over the edge of the pit. It's, it's almost comedic. Like, like... Ganju goes really far. like it makes if if you take the the conceit of like oh maybe Ganju like realized he was behind him and he like dove forward to dodge the blade and that's why he goes so far forward from the slash that kind of makes sense uh they, but yeah like it is kind of weird that it's just like he gets sliced in the back and then he just goes so 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 far forward with his momentum yeah I don't know, like, it, it, the show needed him to be at that pit. Basically. And also, like, throughout the entire, like, last two or three episodes, Ganju has been very lightly, like, he's been a bit, like, scuffed and dirtied, but, like, almost nothing. And then this episode, they remember that he had, that during this fight, he's supposed to be shown as being, like, really on the losing end and almost dying so he is covered in blood compared <laughs> like suddenly from one episode to the next he is just completely covered in wounds and just like oh damn he really did a number on you in between the episodes it's almost like they forgot the chapters they read to make the episode and then we're like wait guys this is based off a of manga ganju interrupts the speech that yumichika is doing by activating his sand skill against the wall 
surprising Yumichika with literally the same move he had previously dodged with absolutely zero effort. And in the moment of surprise it gives him, he activates a larger version of his sand skill, connecting the various attempts he'd done previously into one massive wave of sand that forces Yumichika to jump super high up into the air, which is the perfect place to get completely nailed by a powerful firework. I actually, I really like this. It does feel a little weird that, like, he does, like, he he does the exact same trick he did last time, and last time he did it, Yumichika had, like, he basically, like, stepped to the, took one step to the left, and it didn't work, uh, so it's a little weird that Yumichika gets caught by this, by this time, but the whole, like, when he activates his big sand skill, and it just fills the entire alleyway that they're in with, like, these waves of sand. It's like, okay, that's a really cool thing. Yeah, it and looks sick. Like, and then it's just like, I knew you'd jump up there, you piece of shit, and just shoots a giant firework right in his face. <laughs> it's a very, very good scene. Uh, it's probably the highlight of the entire fight, honestly. Ichigo sees the explosion, having dealt with all of his per- all of his pursuers. Like we see him basically like sitting on a pile of bodies. <laughs> We're all knocked unconscious, and then we immediately flip to Zaraki, who has had enough. He's like, "Okay, fine. There's a giant explosion that went off. I'm going in that direction." Yachiru, stop talking, and then he just starts kicking down the walls. <laughs> He's like, "I'm going over there. I'm going this way." Kicks a wall walks through it <laughs> and basically like two meters behind him we see Ishida and Orihime hiding on a roof who are like oh thank god <laughs> he is thank goodness he is just as stupid as Ichigo is like, <laughs> he must be incredibly powerful but oh god <laughs> thankfully cannot sense worth a damn so they're safe at least until a large soul reaper attacks Orihime from behind. But the blow, like, just... The blow misses because Ishida effectively teleports and ends up with Orihime in his arms. It's really kind of strange, frankly. Like, I don't know. I don't think we've seen... I mean, we haven't seen Uryu really fight since, like, powering up. It's very strange to see him suddenly teleporting, which is faster than a lot of other characters we've seen. Yeah, like, the thing is, his, it's not just, oh, he's moving fast. It is really, like, oh, he's moving so fast it looks like a teleport. Because it, it'll it go into it in a couple of episodes. Uh, which is, like, it's a specific technique he does. Uh, it's, like, a specific Quincy skill, basically. Of course it is. Um, but, essentially, we we then, like, we don't really uh, stay on the this confrontation like it, it sets it up and then it cuts away to yuriji who's sensing several collisions of spirit energy and is like you stupid kids i hope you're going to survive and then it cuts back to orihime who is like wow ishida that like that move was super fast and she notes that as soon as he saw the soul reaper ishida's just complete demeanor change like just absolutely like different person because uh, now he's he's no longer like a well-meaning occasionally bumbling guy he's just 100 percent like oh he looks like he's ready to kill someone he does uh just want to say uh like yeah i was actually about to say exactly what lynn said uh 
Which is, Orihime is an airhead, sure, but I highly doubt, given how intelligent and observant she actually is, that she'd completely miss that guy approaching. Uh, though I guess he could have just concealed his presence until the last minute, differing power levels and all that. Yeah, I felt the same way. Um, I, it was kind of weird that, like, we get the whole shot of Uryu, like, holding Orihime, like, just, like, in his arms, like, you know anime hero saves the heroine uh i don't know it was strange uh still cool to see Uryu doing cool shit i i still liked it i think yeah like i essentially just chalked it up to them being fo- like so focused on uh, zoraki's like overwhelming power that they didn't notice him like that's kind of what i i was like well yeah i, I can see it i can see it oh, it's fine it's fine it's fine um, but it is, it is kind of weird that, like, they're on a rooftop, there's nothing to hide behind, and then as they're looking in one direction, it's just like, suddenly, this guy shows up behind Orihime. It's not like Jirobo's, like, a small dude, either. Jirobo's, like, huge. He is, like, he is comically large. Like, it's, it's almost, like, for a second, I straight up thought, is this, like, are we already getting to fucking Jadonbo's family? <laughs> Uh, he, he does see, like, depending on the, like, his size changes throughout the episode, and <laughs> in the manga it's even more obvious, like, because there's parts where Ishida and Orihime, like, come up to his shoulders, or almost, and then there's parts where they're below his belt. Like, that's how big he is. It's very strange. Uh, like, he just, he doesn't have a consistent size. It's like, okay, fine. It, it's fine. They just don't really give him, like, an actual height, I guess. His secret his power. Real, his real secret power is just being able to change sizes. Uh, so the Shinigami attacks the pair, attacks Orihime and Ishida, and they both dodge the attack. Ishida brashly declaring that he'll be the man's opponent, but is hit by a bad case of pocket sand, and it makes him almost fall off the roof. <laughs> like, he's like, oh god, my eyes! And then he, like, falls to the ground and trips and rolls over, like, seven times, and then he goes over the edge of the roof and then rolls down another, like, seven or eight times and then he has to hang on to the edge of the roof, and he's like, ah! <laughs> it's, it's so stupid! And It's not even, like, pocket sand. It's just, like, a handful of dust from, like, on the roof. Yeah, because basically he, like, does a big uh, slash down. Ishida and Orihime, like, jump on either side. And the dust that he kicks up by hitting the... The, the dust that he kicks up by hitting the, the ceiling, or the roof, is what he grabs and then just throws at Ishida's face. Like, it was, it was a, a, like, startlingly smooth motion. Like, it was like, oh, that's actually, like, a really cool, like, uh, I am experienced in combat kind of moment. But then just, like... Just the complete slapstick comedy of watching Ishida, like, tumble end over end over end. <laughs> Very good. It's like, oh no! Very good. What have I done? The glasses, they do nothing. <laughs> Alas. As anyone who has worn glasses can tell you, the glasses only make things worse. This is true. The man continues to attack Orihime, who refutes Ishida's orders to run away, since she has to fight to save Ichigo. Like, she, she specifically calls out, like, Kurosaki's name. She's of like, course. no, I have to fight. I have to save Ichigo. And I'm like, well... Hmm. But when she tries to attack, the so uh, like, she summons Tsubaki and she sends him into attack. 
and the Soul Reaper bats him away easily, breaking off parts of his leg. Her enemy says that um, that move could kill... Like, that's a strange move, and he's never seen it before, and it could kill Hollows, but because it doesn't have the will or intent to kill, it'll never defeat a Soul Reaper. He gets ready to kill her, and Orihime is panicking. Uh, like, she, she's basically like, oh god, I'm in, I'm in a real fight now. Uh, this guy's going to kill me. And she's, like, trembling and panicking and on the ground. And then she gets saved by Ishida's arrow, and he proudly declares, if you're looking for intent to kill, I've got tons of it right here in my bow. <laughs> it is, it, it is, on the one hand, like, uh, like, I, it sort of fits Orihime's character to panic a little bit, um, but, and it, but it does feel, like, a little bad, that's like, this is the second time that Ishida has to, like, step in and be like, hey, Orihime, you are actively, like, not contributing to this, uh, encounter, you are, like, you are more of a danger to yourself, essentially, because you are fighting, um, but I will say, the bit where Ishida's like, oh, intent to kill? motherfucker i've got that much like i've got a, a lot of that and it's aimed right at you that part was really cool yeah i i do think it would have felt better to me if we like got to see orihime and uryu working together like i i get that it was definitely meant to be like uryu's big moment but it i really feel like it downplays orihime's like that the fact that orihime has also been training for this like she shoots out an attack and just immediately, immediately gets just, like, destroyed. And, I don't know, that feels bad to me. Like, I guess the implication here is, pu putting aside the whole, like, Bleach never treats its, its female characters uh, properly, which I think is, like, the real reason behind this. Absolutely. Um, if you wanted, like, an in-universe reason, I guess you could say that, like, well, this is the training that, this is the reason for the training that she that. Ichigo went with Urahara, right? Like, being put into actual life-and-death situations constantly over time so that he'd be able to fight someone. Um, but it's still like, well, come on. You told us that she was that she was really cool. She has a really, really cool power. Uh, at the very least, make her put up a shield to protect herself. Like, um, like I guess the, the intention is that she's... She's too uh, distraught for hurting her uh, her fairy, I guess. Yeah. But it's still like, I don't know. I, I really would have liked it if Orihime had done more in this uh in this I would encounter. too. Just really, really quick, like, uh, like just idea for, like, a rework. Just me shooting off the cuff. Uh, Could have been interesting if, like, uh, Orihime was, like, on the defensive here. Like, using her shields, like, actually as a defensive thing and needing Uryu's help. Like, because at least that way we could see that Orihime can, like, survive on her own. You know? Yeah. Uh, so this scene basically just quickly cuts to Rukia sitting in her cell, where we get just another really depressing shot of her, like, walking, uh, watching outside the window, which I think is most of the shots we're gonna get from her this season. Yeah. And each time, it's just, it's just more and more depressing. We're like, wow, this, this cell is really, like, unfortunate. But this time, she spots the Squad 4 guy from last episode. And Hanataro is going up to the guards. And he's like, well, I was the one who swept the cell for Rukia earlier. So I thought that I would just go in and sweep the cell now. And they're like, um, 
step away or we're going to kill you. Like, your excuse is not good enough. And it's like, oh. Oh. It's, it's especially just like, you know, you should know that this cell, nobody gets in until the repentance has been paid off. Uh, go away. We'll kill you. Bye. He's like, okay, I guess I'll just leave. We tur- we go back to Ichigo, who is surrounded by at least 50 dudes who all, like, like, they all just jump on him in one massive pile. He kicks all of them away, and then it's like, okay, I can't take on this many at once. I'm just gonna run away. Really getting <laughs> that Bleach Soul Resurrection uh, energy in there. That That's basically Bleach Dynasty Warriors for those who aren't in the know. We go back to Uryu, who's facing down his foe. Orihime noting that the bow looks completely different b- than before, and it must be the thing that he was practicing earlier. I think it looks kind of silly. It does, like, the bow is coming directly out of his wrist, <laughs> which is a little <laughs> weird. Uh, like, it's cool, but it's also kind of weird. It's cool. I thought when, like, we first got the reveal of the glove, I was like, oh, it's gonna be, like, a special glove that, like, he uses to pull the bow. And, no, the glove is the bow. <laughs> Yeah, the glove is the other hand. It's the ha- it's the hand that holds the bow, not the hand that's like pulling on the bow. It's, it's like, well, that's kind of weird. It's really funny considering how like the last time we saw him like really really go hard with his bow is like pulling it, like his string hand was like bleeding, and it's like you probably should have brought a glove for that, hon. <laughs> like. <laughs> The Soul Reaper says it must be fate since both of them use ro- ranged weapons, and then they find they come here to fight him. He declares himself as Jirobo Ikenzaka, Fort Seed of, of Squad Seven, and unleashes his Shikai, the sword exploding into dozens of small spinning blades. He's like he says he, at, he right here. He's like my name is Jirobo, the Wind Scythe. Here, witness my incomprehensible attack. They move so fast that you can't see any of them. And it's really funny because they're, like, spinning in place and just, like, sliding slowly across the screen. Well, it is, like, the idea is that, like, there's, like, 20 of them, so it would be hard, even if they move slowly, it would be hard to keep track of all of them. Oh, for sure, for sure, it's... But yeah, he just goes on. He's like, my I have the nickname of Kamata- Kamaitashi, or Windblade, and I am the most skilled in projectile weapons, and no one who has seen my weapons has lived. And he just keeps taunting Ishida, mocking his bow and arrow as being helpless, and then just suddenly, every single one of his blades get destroyed by an arrow. Like, it's just this complete barrage. <laughs> like, it's the barrage of a mech anime, basically, that just destroys everything, and Ishida's like... Huh, that's weird. Kind of interesting. I guess the strongest fighters here happen to be the most long-winded whiners. (laughs) (laughs) It is kind of a good own. And, like, Jirobo is like, well, I'm going to summon more blades then. But as soon as he starts, Ishida just, like, shoots his hand. And he's like, look, I guess I'm taking your title because clearly I'm the strongest projectile weapon user. Although, Uryu Kamaitachi doesn't sound great. (laughs) Like, damn. I mean, it sounds okay. It's like, let him live, Ishida. 
Elsewhere, we see another captain telling his squad to capture everyone alive before anyone else can, since he wants living specimens. And his vice-captain, Nemu, receives a communication about Ikaku's loss. The captain, Mayuri, decides to go ask Ikaku about the Ryoka, before Zaraki can learn about him. And we cut to our various characters. Ishigo's running, Ganju's breaking down a wall, uh, Chad is breaking down a wall, Ganju's running from a group, and Ishida's giving Jirobo, like, the steeliest of death glares. <laughs> and then yeah. the ending theme this time is a Squad Eleven focused one. It has uh, Zoraki, Ikaku, Yumichika. What's especially interesting is that we get a close-up of Zoraki's blade that looks completely beaten up, rusted, and, like, like it's dinged all over the place. Like, this is... Like, it looks like a piece of shit rusted sword, honestly. Damn. And the previous uh, sequences, which had uh, Gin and his subordinate, or Byakuya and Renji, it was just them. But this one, it shows Zoraki, it shows Yachiru, and it shows his entire goddamn squadron who are like, they're doing the like delinquent thing. Like, there, there's like the very specific shot of like 20 plus delinquents, like half of them are squatting and they're all looking at the camera. Like that ver- that shot, yeah. they basically just do that, that like delinquent shot. And it's like, oh yeah, like Lin says, hell yeah, murder family. Uh, yeah, no, I'm, I love them. I love them. I like Squad 11. Mostly. I'm a big fan of, like, the ending just being like, oh, yeah, we have, like, just a bunch of, like, we- like little low-key world-building stuff for all these moments. Does Kampachi smoke, uh, smoke soul cigarettes? No, he has a pipe, though. Okay. So, <laughs> God. I-, I like Kampachi a lot. I'm excited to see his fight this season, honestly. Kampachi would not vape. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. Well, he might. I think. I think Kampachi would vape, but he would never like choose to vape. I think he would vape, but never reveal to anyone that he vapes. That tracks. The manga differences for this chapter is there's like there's this weird thing I noticed where in the manga Ganju doesn't like in the anime. There's when uh, Ganju starts getting the upper hand, he like sl- he like makes a cut on Yubijika's face, and that gives us like yet another. Um, soliloquy on like oh you hurt my beautiful face yada 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 but like that doesn't happen in the manga like he just doesn't hurt his face at all until the final explosion which obviously is like a a bomb on his face Um, and also there's like the end of chapter image is just Ikaku laying on the ground because he can't stand up and he sees the firework and he's like ah I guess Yumichika lost (laughs) god damn it you gremlin and we all, but we also don't get the uh, incredible pocket sand moment <laughs> in the in the manga. Like that's unfortunate. We, but like the way it happens is essentially they they dodge the first hit and Orihime immediately attacks because she's like, okay, we're fighting. I'm going in. Go and she attacks, and that's the point where uh, Tsubaki gets hurt. In the manga, she sees Tsubaki get hurt. And that's when she starts, like, second-guessing herself, and she falters, and she falls to her knees, and she starts, like, having a, basically, like, a panic attack. Um, But in the anime, she falters before the, like, she attacks, and during the attack, there's a a close-up of her face where she gets, like, like, she falters a little bit, and the anime kind of, like, intones that that's the reason that Tsubaki gets hurt, whereas in the manga, it's more of a, like, 
you were attacking to disable and not kill or something kind of that way and that's the reason why he gets hurt and seeing him gets hurt is what destabilizes her it's such a small detail but it like really changes like the tone there yeah like it, it like it completely changes the tone of the scene um there's a, there's also like Tsubaki's uh like weird like Tsubaki's reaction in the anime is kind of like you weren't ready for this Blah. <laughs> and then he turns back into a thing in the in the manga he's like like he doesn't give like his his rant is a little long in the anime like it's like one or two sentences uh it's not super long but it's like kind of weirdly long uh, but in the manga he's like he he says that she throws like a girl <laughs> Yeah. But it it does, but it doesn't give like as a like he doesn't seem as angry, like so like the thing he says is worse, but the way it like it kind of gives him this impression that he's kind of like trying to keep up his uh his appearances of being okay, because he kind of just says like oh you throw like a girl and then he turns back into a into a a hairpin. I'm now imagining Orihime throwing these fairies like blaze balls, and it's very funny to me. See, she should put all, all six of them on a baseball and then throw it. <laughs> That's the way we win. And then when the hitter tries to hit with his bat, oops, there's a shield in front of the baseball. There we go. <laughs> Lynn says Orihime gets a gun blade. <laughs> I'm sure Orihime. Look, her dream is to become a robot and take over the world. A robot with missiles and lasers and fire and flamethrowers. She can handle a gunblade. I'm looking up Orihime Inoue gunblade. Nope, nothing. There is an image here that says not useless on top of Orihime, though. Well. I guess that's I, that's our answer. She's, she's not useless. You heard it here first, folks. There we go. Give Orihime it's a, a gunplay. It's a seven and a half minute video on YouTube titled Orihime's Value in Bleach. Uh, exploring Inoue's will and usefulness. We're, we're going to get into that, uh, like basically all aspects of that question, several times over the course of this podcast. I don't think it's something that we need to oh, for relitigate sure. right now. Because I know, like... This is a conversation that I know we are going to have oh, for at sure. multiple points. <laughs> I, I just I just wanted to see what this video was. <laughs> I, I'll probably watch it after the episode and be like, uh huh, uh huh. Yeah. Uh, uh, speaking of, I guess it's time to. We should end the podcast. Yeah. Uh, let's go ahead and sign off. Uh, you can find me on Twitter. At lavender pause, uh, at lavender underscore pause. You can email the show at iwobleachcast at gmail dot com or find us on Twitter at bleachcast. You can find me at ssbslj on Twitter. You can find me on Instagram at lot underscore lakes. And that's all, folks. Uh, I don't think we have more to add. Uh, go ahead and you know have a good week you know take it easy have a good tuesday wednesday whenever you listen to this just have a good day stay safe out there commitment is a strong word stay safe stay healthy and oh god oh god oh god they have confirmed that there is more burn to witch incoming i know i'm not strong enough (laughs) can't 
And also that the Nazi has an important story thing to do. Oh, no! God. I, I haven't even read chapter two. Uh, no, because I read all four chapters, and it's like, it it annoys me. Because, like, the fourth chapter is the one that's got, like, some actually good stuff. Like, it has some really good, like, oh, Kubo can, like, think up some really cool concepts for fight scenes. It's just a shame that none of it involves, like, our main characters. Ugh. Um and there's a whole, and he drops like a billion tons of world building detail, but also just the Nazi has stuff to do. Like the Nazi is basically like the secret police and is doing an investigation on things that happen. And it's like, no, keep, let the Nazi not be part of the story. Let's, if you're going to do the story, at least do that much. Let's definitely, I, I think we're going to have to talk about Burn the Witch, like actually on, on the air at some point. Wait until the anime happens. That that's that's what my thought was. Lynn, you you don't have to include yourself in that if you don't want to. If you're that against watching Burn the Witch, which is fair. Uh, like I know I'm gonna watch at least episode one because Same. it's part of it's it's just part of the I watch all the episode one stuff with a group of friends and they're going to want to watch it. So I know that I'm gonna be watching episode one. Um, but yeah. We'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Commitment's a strong word. Please don't, please don't give Burn the Witch your money. There are so many things he could have done and not use that exact specific, like, that. Oh. <laughs> no, I can't. I'm not talking about Burn the Witch. Let's just, let's go. End the episode. I'm pressing the button. I'm stopping my recording. I'm also stopping my recording. Commitment's a strong word. Bye. <laughs>
できないけども仕上がる